The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hong Jr. and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KCY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Laubam on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn, Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will start off today's telecast with that spirit-inspiring song titled The Potter. They will be ably accompanied by Iris Locke on the piano and Paul Carter on the organ. The Lord is our great potter and great deliverer. We are like the clay in the potter's hands. He continues to mold and shape us 
so that we may be made into a flawless piece of work to fulfill his good, pleasing, and perfect will.
The church band under the direction of Yoshua will play the song titled, In Thy Holy Temple. Yes, TV viewers, the Lord is knocking at the door to your heart. Won't you hear His call and open your heart to Him today? For sure, today is a day of salvation, if you will but hear His voice. We look forward to seeing you soon, our blessed television viewers, in God's holy temple.
Our soloist for today is Rose Paul Carter, who will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the beautiful song, This World Is Not My Home. Doing her background music will be Iris Locke on the piano, Josie Associate Pastor Rinsfield Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Associate Pastor Marvin on being on the bass, and Seneca Rose Hahn on the drums. Here's an excerpt of the words to this song that are so comforting and inspiring. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Not my home, then 
The church choir will now perform their final number for today entitled, We Shall Be Changed. The Lord is coming soon and sooner than we think. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed and taken home to be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please join in and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your television screen. We are blessed to hear from the Carrillo family, Deanna, Dion, and Dean, who will play the toe-tapping song on their ukuleles entitled, I Believe the True Report. 
They will be accompanied by Johanna Carrillo on the piano. And we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, Master and Lord, and believe that His blood cleanses us from all sin. We preach the self-same gospel of the kingdom of God that Jesus preached on the shores of Galilee. The gospel is the good news that Jesus saved, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes the Holy Ghost and fire, and Jesus is coming soon. The Jubilees will now blend their voices to the song entitled Revive Us Again. They will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. In our daily prayers, we pray for a mighty Holy Ghost revival. We lift up our heads to the heavens and humbly pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a precious and precious commodity that can only come from our Lord and Savior. At this time, it is a great pleasure to dedicate this song to a faithful brother in Christ who is none other than trusty associate pastor Evan Sproat Sr. May the Lord continue to pour forth His blessings upon you, pressed down and overflowing, for your service to the Lord is not in vain. Have a wonderful Sunday. Mm -hmm. 
Greetings. In the sweet name of Jesus, I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, and Wyoming, from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our scheduled gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimaki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services is also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanaka Kaimolokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to these spot, these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. What a glorious day to read the Word of God with you as I present my sermon entitled, Embracing the Promises, generated and inspired by God's Holy Spirit. Have you ever sought help to overcome some monumental problems and not found that help? Have you needed guidance and direction to do right in the eyes of God, that is to live a life above sin? In these times of peril, have you wished for that special protection to sustain you, whether in or out of the house of God? Well, look no further. The answers to these questions are within your reach and are found in the gospel of the kingdom of God. Join us in these weekly telecasts, and I'm sure the solutions will unfold before you. The greatest teacher I know is the Lord. Through the Holy Spirit, we learn and accept his teachings without exceptions. Do you recall the simple fishermen whom he pressed into his service? They heard the gospel, 
believed without reservations, repented of their sins, and were baptized in the name of Jesus. Then along with the Lord, they became fishers of men, whose primary goal was to bring souls to Jesus. Thus, viewers, the main purpose of my TV sermon, Embracing the Promises, is to bring Jesus to you and cause you to realize how serious and necessary His salvation is for every participant out there in our viewing audience. Enoch, Abraham, and Elijah are spiritually renowned men of the Old Testament who had a common significance about them. Believing in God and the keeping of His commandments was paramount. They were all preachers and firmly believed in the prophecies and promises that were given to them of God. We marvel over their faith as they weather the toughest trials and persecutions. The lives of Enoch and Abraham are first spoken of in Genesis. Chosen by Elijah to come and bear his cross, Elijah appears generations later. What binds them together is this. They were blessed by God and were given foreknowledge of a heavenly kingdom. They were privileged to have been shown what lay ahead for the saints of the last days, though at the time nothing was being revealed to the sinful world. Let us read in Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times. The things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Yes, the Lord God chooses to whom he revealed the mystery of godliness. As we have learned from the scriptures, the end times were revealed from the beginning of time. When mankind sinned, the plan of redemption was set into motion. This plan was not restricted to deliverance only, but was full of rewards untold in the kingdom of God. From the hundreds of faithful saints to be translated, the Bible tells that Enoch and Elijah were chosen. The question is, what of all the others? The Lord has always superseded our understanding. Having raptured only two of the many thousands of believers is an indication of the few who will attain the recognition of being the bride of Christ. On a designated day, Jesus will call his people home. The trump of God will sound, and these words, come up hither, will be used to assemble the faithful in clouds of glory. Paul tells us how the dead in Christ shall rise first, then those that are alive will be caught up, numbering 144,000 saints, indicating a remnant from all generations. The dead will be released from the bondage of the grave, allowing spirit, soul, and body to be reunited to be with the Lord forever. Mortals, that is, those living, will put on immortality. Yes, born-again believers have not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. Thus, the faithful who have held fast to the gospel will have escaped the hour of temptation. Very little is known of Enoch. He is mentioned in Genesis, then in Hebrews, as one worthy to be mentioned, as being respected of God. Enoch's prophecy of the return of Jesus is listed in Jude. Prior to his translation, Enoch is remembered as being approved of God. Enoch prophesied that Jesus would return with ten thousands of his saints. How could he have known such wonderful things? except God revealed them unto him. Having done so, Enoch patiently and faithfully waited for it to come to pass. He did not live to see the Savior of mankind, but he was privileged to have taken part in translation from mortal to immortality. Let us read in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 53. Behold, I showed you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, 
for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortality must put on immortality. The Spirit of God worked remarkably with Paul. He had knowledge of the experiences of the preachers and prophets that came before him. With the wisdom of God, he was able to put the hope of the church in writing. Abraham is remembered as being obedient to God's every command. His faith was renowned, and thus God purposed him to be the father of many nations. The promise was given to Abraham because of unprecedented faith. We know of the ultimate test Abraham was put through. Having his eyes fixed on the Lord and confident that God would not be abusive to his saints, Abraham conquered his fears and reservations and successfully passed the test of faith. He was called upon to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, whose birth was nothing short of being a miracle. Isaac was born because God brought food to Sarah's barren womb. Though Isaac was his only son, Abraham was not reluctant in obeying God's request. However, trying the circumstances would be Abraham believed that God would resurrect him from the dead. Let us read in Romans 4, 13 and 18 through 21. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being now weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Yes, Abraham was privileged as well. God called him out of his own country to pursue a land which God would show him. After seeing the land of promise, Abraham was given no inheritance to it. Neither did he set foot in it, but was promised it would be given to him and his seed, though he had no child at the time. Ironically, God would cause Abraham to be held in bondage 400 years until such time when God would bring them out of bondage and into the land of promise to serve God. Let us read in Hebrews 11, 16 to 19. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them by city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he, he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Account that God was able to raise him up even from the dead world from whence also he received him in a figure. No promise of the resurrection was spoken during the time of Abraham. However, what Abraham did have was what God had revealed to him. This is what Abraham cherished, so much that he was willing to sacrifice his own son Isaac. Now we find Jesus being comforted, confronted by persecutors, and in the conversation Abraham is mentioned. The scripture confirms what inspired him that is, Abraham saw the rewards that are held in store for the faithful. Let us read in John 8, 54 to 58. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and keep his saying. 
your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and thou thou seen Abraham. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Those words, I am, describe the self-existing God, who is above all and who in the last day speaks to us through his son Jesus. Yes, God was in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. It is a wonderful day, television viewers, when you allow Jesus to come into your lives as he is. In order for Jesus to be effective in our lives, we must deny our own righteousness and live according to God's righteousness. This is what Jesus was attempting to impress upon the unbelievers. He reasoned with them passionately by saying, if you worship God, you should have no problem worshiping me as well. Jesus purposely said in verse 56, Abraham, your father, indicating their sinful heritage where he was born of God and knew no sin. To rebut the words of Jesus, they replied, Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. The familiar identification of God as I am stems all the way back to Exodus, where Moses was called upon to lead Israel out of the land of Egypt. Yes, viewers, you can most assuredly say Moses met with Jesus as well. The statement that brought this conversation an abrupt end was the truth of his origin and existence. The learned men knew of the term I am and how it applied to God. They were knowledgeable of it because they were very familiar with the laws of Moses and of the writings of the prophets. The presence of Jesus was an attack on their religious stature and his knowledge of the prophets and of God was intimidating to them and could not be discredited by any one of them. Whether the scriptures are new to us or we may have read them numerous times over the years, they are purpose to make us wise unto salvation. Read in 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. One cannot keep denying the existence of God. Rolliness with his form of thinking, viewers will take you further and further away from the truth. Your faith must begin somewhere and let it begin with Jesus. Jesus should be the author and finisher of, of all your faith. He did write the book on righteousness and salvation. He inspired holy men of God to write a faultless guide to salvation, anticipating the blessed hope of the church referred to by Paul in Titus 2.13. is paramount among those who believe. The glorious appearing is the initial return of Jesus in clouds of glory. When he returns, he will rapture his saints, whether they are dead or alive. In order to be eligible and be a part of this significant event, one must be prepared. The most important question in this life is, what must I do to be saved? Nicodemus of the third chapter of John did not approach the matter of salvation in a straightforward manner, whereas the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16 did, and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8 also. However, the Spirit of God was present, and they all received the same instructions. You must be born again. 
in the cover of night, Nicodemus saw to see Jesus out because Nicodemus' spirit was stirred within him. The miracles had witnessed to and heard of while Jesus toured Jerusalem, impassioned him to inquire all the more. Within himself, he accepted the authenticity of the miracles and that Jesus, at the very least, was certainly a man of God. Let us turn to John chapter 3 and read of this purposeful encounter. Reading verses 1 through 4. There was a man of Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I said unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus' response to Nicodemus cut straight to the heart of the matter and made him aware of what must be done to obtain salvation. However, the statement given by Jesus was not readily absorbed by Nicodemus. The impossibility of one returning to the womb of one's mother was absurd. Being a scholar, the message of salvation would not be received unless it was accompanied with an explanation. Let us continue reading in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I said to thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the 6th and 7th verse, he reads, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The natural man is incapable of seeing and is unable to enter into the kingdom of God. However, gifted, moral, refined a person may be, the natural man, unless he is born again, is absolutely barred from God's presence because of sin. It is inhumanly impossible for a man to remove his own sin. Having our sins removed is a miracle from God. Follow me as you read in Genesis 5, 1 to 3. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived in 130 years and begat his son in his own likeness after his image, and he called his name Seth. Seth, meaning the appointed, became the replacement for Adam's righteous son, Abel, who was killed at the hands of Cain. In spite of Satan's efforts to obstruct God's plan to provide a savior for a sinful man by killing Abel, God's plan nevertheless continued, producing Seth. Two points of interest are highlighted here. First, God's image rested upon Adam, who unfortunately sinned, thus losing the image and inheriting death. Adam, having this frailty, thus passes on the sinful nature to all generations. Secondly, through Seth, a righteous and a godly lineage will continue, whereby Jesus Christ is born. By reading in Luke 3, 23-38, you will see the lineage of Joseph, the son of Heli, Mary's husband, and the mother of Jesus, leading all the way back to Enos, which was the son of Seth, which as the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Thus, far as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. We find Peter empowered by the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. His bonus and confidence in the Lord is apparent. Reading Acts 2, 36-37, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus, whom he kept crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? In Acts 2, 38, it reads, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the unmerited grace of God that has been shown throughout mankind, which brings salvation and eternal life has made available to all men. We cannot earn or buy grace, yet it has been freely given to us as a gift of God. Therefore, in the Lord, intellectual, racial, cultural discrimination are non-existent. We are all found in want when the Lord's judgment scales are set. And God will love and accept all those who come to him in repentance. Repentance simply means God is sorry for sin. Before anyone can be saved, one must acknowledge oneself as a sinner. Being truly sorry for one's son starts a journey to eternal life. Let us read in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The overview of the born-again message is that the water of baptism performed in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost as evidenced by the speaking in tongues are necessary to fulfill all righteousness and to obtain complete salvation. There is no other way. Let us read in Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. God reminds us daily, if you love me, keep my commandments. Yes, TV viewers, there is nothing superficial or deceptive about this born-again message. Water baptism is not an option for any clergy or pastor to give you because neither has authority to change God's plan of salvation. Today is the day of salvation if you will hear his voice. Elijah was privileged to be an eyewitness to a miraculous event. He knew something spectacular would happen to his master Elijah. He did not know when it would happen or the specifics surrounding the event. Nevertheless, he believed that if he remained with Elijah, he would see the glory of the Lord. Thus, after following Elijah to Gilgal, then to Bethel and on to Jordan, he did witness the event that has been promised to every faithful born-again Christian. He saw Elijah raptured into heaven. As a result of his faithfulness, Elijah was not only rewarded with a double portion of the Holy Ghost, but also with a promise that the reward received by Elijah could be his as well. Indeed, viewers, it would take unprecedented faith to enter into the kingdom of God. Now it is without question that Elijah diligently followed Elijah. He was not persuaded or discouraged by the miserable comforters likened to the sons of the prophets, whom he encountered at each of the three cities he visited. The present time is very critical, being that the coming of the Lord is at hand. One should not be listening to members of the congregation who will jeopardize one's salvation. It's time to believe the unbelievable, and Jesus is coming soon. There is no doubt that the rapture of the saints will take place. Those who are water-washed, blood-washed, spirit-filled, and diligently living a life above sin have their eyes firmly fixed upon the promises of God. If Elijah listened to those who spoke adversely about his service, he would have suffered a great loss. It is very clear that the sons of the prophets were not ordinary people. They were the educated members of the congregation who were taught the scriptures by their fathers and forefathers. Obviously, they did not take their teachings to heart and perverted the statutes and commandments of the Lord. Instead of being inspired by the promises of God, they chose to live contrary to the sound doctrine. In this case, they chose to discourage and ridicule the faithful with their personal views of righteousness. They preferred the conveniences of the world rather than be disciplined to the word of God. These are likened to many who ridicule the baptism in Jesus' name and the spiritual life believers are required to live. Jesus tells you if their light is darkness, then can you access how great their darkness is? Will they hear those words, come up hither? I think not. How did Elijah's life end? 
Was he raptured like into the mass Elijah's generation earlier? Let us read in 2 Kings 13, 14. Now Elijah was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, king of Israel, came down unto him and whipped over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Elijah did not experience the rapture as did Elijah, but suffered the way of all the earth, which is death. Joash was knowledgeable of the experience of Elijah and thought that Elijah would experience the same, but it was not so. However, Elijah did have the promise of being resurrected and translated into heaven. And while he lay on his deathbed, he embraced him. And now, if you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. And now, our church band will conclude today's telecast with the song, Standing on the Promises. <laughs> Thank you. 
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.